This morning in our Bible class in the chapel, we looked at Philippians chapter 2, the first 18 verses. Well, for worship this morning, I want to go back to chapter 1. And I want to talk about walking worthy. And what does that really mean? Walking worthy for the gospel. Walking worthy for the gospel. Christians should find true joy in loving one another and partnering together to spread the gospel and growing in Christ. Not only that, but Christians can glorify Christ by living worthy of the gospel regardless of the matter or the circumstances in their lives. But what does it mean to be worthy of something? People in our culture, today's culture, we often, maybe we strive to be worthy of of a rank. Maybe we strive to be worthy of others' expectations of us. What does it mean to be focused on something? I mean, really focused. We focus on our jobs. We focus on a task. We focus on education. We focus on winning a sporting event, we, we focus on a number of things. At 7 o'clock this morning, I started trying to focus. First, I just started trying to wake up. Then I started trying to focus on what in the world? What in the world am I going to say this morning? Well, today we're going to see that our main focus should always be Christ. Our main focus should be Christ. And I want, hopefully, for that to sink in deeply in our discussion this morning. Paul wrote the letter to the Philippian Christians while under house arrest in Rome around AD 62. And he led the way in obeying Christ's command to take the gospel to all people groups. He helped to establish so many Churches, teaching those Christians to obey Christ's commands. That's our mission. That's our partnership with one another. Paul was accompanied by Timothy. Often, Timothy would accompany Paul on his journeys. Timothy was with Paul when he first preached the gospel message in the city of Philippi that this letter is written to. You read about that account in Acts chapter 16. That's where we learn about the baptism of a lady by the name of Lydia, a seller of purple. A lady who was already studying the scriptures. She taught a ladies' Bible class by a riverside. She was converted to Christ. She was baptized for the remission of her sins. We find in Acts chapter 16 the story of the Philippian jailer as Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. And at midnight there was a great earthquake and the chains were unloosed from the prisoners and they could have escaped. But Paul and Silas convinced them not to. 
And the jailer became terrified by that incident. Paul and Silas taught him the gospel. The Bible says that very hour of the night, he and his household, his entire household, were baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. The church was established in the city of Philippi. Timothy, young Timothy, loved the church in Philippi. In Acts chapter 2, I mean in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 19, Paul writes these words, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. And I love this statement. For I know no one like him. Paul said about Timothy, I know no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy. He has proven his worth. How as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. So I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself might come also. He was a proven man of God. Paul offered personal thanksgiving for those in the church at Philippi. Due to their love for Christ, due to the love for their fellow Christians and their faithful partnership and participation with him in his own gospel ministry. Much like the very mission efforts that we support right here from West Irwin Church of Christ. I might mention just a few of those. But let me first say our mission starts right here. It starts right here at 320 West Irwin Street, Tyler, Texas 75702. We have Donnie Cook working diligently with other teachers, preparing and teaching our young ones that they might learn and grow in knowledge of Christ. We have Tucker working with our middle school and high school students, helping them expand their knowledge of Scripture. Many of those have already obeyed the gospel and are growing and walking with Christ right now already. We have Eric, we have Bill. Appreciate all of their great works as well. I'm at the Benevolent Center with so many volunteers from our congregation. Our mission starts here. But we also support so many other things. Apologetics Press, Eastern European Missions, the Guatemala Institute of Biblical Evangelism, Derek Brown in Jamaica, Casa Hogar Orphanage in Mexico, World Radio, One Kingdom. The list goes on and on. How is it possible? Because we partnership in the gospel message. That's what Christians do. That's part of our worthy walk in Christ. We have a bunch of ladies who meet here on Tuesday. We have various groups of women who come here every Tuesday and prepare lunches for our shut-ins. We have others delivering those meals. We have a group of ladies that come every Tuesday, up to a dozen or so of them, meet over at the Benevolence Center in a room. We call it the sewing room. And they're putting together diaper shirts and bandages, 
for orphanages and hospitals in Africa and other nations, doing great deeds for the cause of Christ. The other works at the Benevolent Center, the food pantry, the clothing uh, room, with a number of volunteers giving of their time and their energy. We have a wonderful mission committee made up of men like Ken Culpepper, David Wicks, Cody Abels, Tom and Donnie Cook, Howard Dixon, Wynn Weathers, and perhaps others that I'm missing. And I know I'm missing others who do other things. But you know, Paul praised the church at Philippi. I'm praising you. You're deserving of it. Because you allow Christ to work through you that you might be found walking worthy of the gospel of Christ. And Paul assures the church at Philippi with these encouraging words. What God begins, He finishes. He doesn't give up. That's my encouragement to us. If we start a good work, finish it. Don't give up. There's a lesson there for us in that statement. Keep working. Keep doing good. One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible is just the simple fact that said Jesus went about doing good. I want us to be known as a congregation in the heart of Tyler, Texas. Busy. Doing good for the cause of Christ. And so Paul encourages these Christians to continue their partnership with him in the advancement of the gospel. And verse 7 provides the reason that Paul cared so deeply for them. He writes, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. They were co-sharers with Paul in the gospel of Christ. And they demonstrated it not only in the good times. They didn't give up on Paul because he was sitting in a prison cell. They still supported him. They were a tremendous source of encouragement to him. Knowing well that what they demonstrated toward Paul could have costed them their own lives and their own freedom. You see, they knew they were to be risk takers. Many of you might recall that not this just the summer that ended, but the summer prior, our summer series was entitled Being Risk Takers. And we learned of stories of men and women in Scripture who were willing to take the risk involved in walking lives worthy of the gospel of Christ. Well, it was the Philippian Christians' mutual love for one another that drove them to faithfully stand with Paul and to stand by Paul. And I believe that had a lot to do with the courage that Paul could state these words in Romans 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, both the Jew and the Gentile. Well, what do we learn from verses 9 through 11? When Christian love increases, so does knowledge and discernment. Two very important aspects of our walking worthy of the gospel. Are you growing in knowledge of God's word? Are you reading your Bible? Are you studying the scripture? I don't care if you're 8 or 80 or 9 or 90. There's more to learn. It's a growing process. And when Christian love increases, your knowledge will increase. But so will your discernment. And this would include sensitivity to the truth of God and to the needs and situations of those around us. I can assure you that since Donnie Carnathan retired from his work, that me spending hours and hours in the benevolent work of the church has opened my eyes to far more than I could ever have imagined. I believe I have a greater understanding of unconditional love. And I needed it. I desperately needed it. I believe I have a greater discernment of people and their real needs. And I needed it. And I'm thankful for the opportunity I have of serving there. The word discern in verse 10 was a term that spoke of the testing of metals and coins to determine the value and whether or not they met specific standards. The Bible says as Christians we are to be wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. We need to make proper discernments. And finally, Paul's prayer was that these Philippian Christians would be blameless at the day of Christ. What do you mean there? I encourage you to be blameless at the day of Christ. Well, this is a righteousness that comes only through Christ, but it manifests itself in the way in which we choose to live. Do you know a person can actually watch you and know whether or not you are living as a Christian should live? If you think you can hide it, you're wrong. You're being watched. You're being read. You're an open book. You truly are. Paul's prayer was that these Philippian Christians be blameless at the day of Christ. There's not a doubt in my mind that our elders pray for every member of this congregation making that same request for us. As a church, as a church family, that we would live blameless lives until the day of Christ. Our lives should be characterized by a growing maturity, by a growing holiness, 
by a growing love for God and by a growing love for one another. That's the first 11 verses. Well, what about verses 12 through 30? We learn this this thought. Christians can glorify Christ by living worthy of the gospel no matter their circumstance. We always seek an excuse as to why we're not walking as we should. There are no excuses. There are no reasons not to. Paul assured the Philippians that what had happened to him, even his own imprisonment, was being used for the advancement of the gospel. You see, Paul was saying, there is nothing, (laughs) there is nothing on this earth that can prevent me from preaching and teaching Christ. I wonder how many times in his ministry you would hear words similar to these from Paul and others like him. We must obey God rather than man. I know two or three times in Scripture that you read it. (laughs) Well, outside of Scripture, I'm sure he said it even more times in some fashion or other. We must obey God rather than man. Do you know we make choices every day that we live? Are we going to choose to obey God? Or are we going to choose to obey man? Are we going to live to the standards that this book holds us to? Or are we going to accept the standards of this world? Keep in mind here that Paul's imprisonment was because of his faith in Christ. He wasn't in prison. He wasn't in a jail cell because of the reasons that so many just two or three blocks from here are sitting in cells this morning. He sat in a cell because he affirmed Christ and him crucified. He hadn't robbed a bank. He hadn't raped anyone. He hadn't kidnapped. He hadn't stolen. He had done nothing wrong. Paul could rejoice over his imprisonment. Most of all, brothers, in verse 14, having become confident the Lord, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, I am much more bold to speak the word without fear. And I want you to do the same. Speak the word without fear. There's a lady, she's passed. She was a member of the church in Frankston. Her name was Jewel Hines. When I was 22 years old, I began my ministry, youth ministry, in Frankston, Texas, where I now live. And Jewel Hines would tell me this phrase at times. Davy, you've got to be strong. That's not what she said. She said, they can kill you, but they won't eat you. (laughs) Don't be afraid. (laughs) If it costs you your life, don't be afraid. They're not going to eat you. I'll always remember that. I'll always remember that. Paul was not so naive to think that everyone was preaching with the right motives. 
We need to take note of that. Some preached Christ for selfish reasons. Verses 15 through 17, we learn that. But regardless of the many motives, Paul rejoiced that God's life-changing truth was being proclaimed to those who didn't believe. Let me read, starting in verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth. Here's what's most important. Christ is proclaimed. And in that, what's Paul say? I rejoice. Christ is being proclaimed. Rejoice in that fact. Let God deal with with the motives. You know, Bill often reminds us, I'm not God. (laughs) Well, I'm not either. And you're not either. God will deal with the motives. We find ourselves wanting to. Let's be grateful. Christ is being proclaimed. Verses 18 through 26 speaks of several things. Paul speaks about his own confidence of his deliverance from sin. His coming to know Christ. He speaks of his eager expectation of seeing the Philippians again. He, like Timothy, loved that church. Paul speaks of his desire to honor Christ. He says, whether in life or in death, My desire is to honor Christ to the very point that he struggled, I mean really struggled, between living and dying and being hard-pressed between the two. As a matter of fact, he said, personally, I'd much rather die. I'd rather go on and be with the Lord. He says, but I believe you need me. I believe you need my leadership, you need my teaching, you need my courage. And so God chooses to keep him here. And then finally, regardless of Paul's destiny, he wanted the Philippian church to use their lives to honor and glorify Christ. And the key is found in verse 27. Only let your manner be worthy. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, 
I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that being from God. This term, the manner worthy of the gospel, it was a political term. And in very simple terms, it simply meant live as citizens. Live as citizens. But what does that mean? It means I want you to do the right things. (laughs) Simply stated. You live in the city of Philippi and you do what is right. Live as good citizens. You live in Tyler, Texas, but live and do what is right and in accordance to God's will. You'll be noticed for it. And this includes standing firm in one spirit as a body of believers. Not as an individual, but as a church. You're a member of a church family right here at West Irwin Church of Christ. Live in such a way that you stand firm in one spirit, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, faithful in word and deed while united together as one body. And then in verse 28, this reminder, don't be terrified by your adversaries. Don't be afraid of the challenges, not that might come your way. Don't be afraid of the challenges that are going to come your way. Because they're coming. It's going to happen. But stand firm as a family. Be bold as a family. Lean on one another for support and encouragement. And God will act on your behalf. Be willing to suffer on behalf of the gospel of Christ. Paul wrote to those Christians that had been dispersed all over the world of that day. And he wrote these words in 1 Peter 1, 2 and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And while we may not know what trying times will come our way, we can determine what our response to them will be. Knowing they're coming, plan for them. Already know your attack. Already plan your scheme. Like Paul, we can use these times as a chance to further the gospel. And so I end this morning simply to say, live in ways worthy of Christ, regardless of the circumstances of your life. Are you living 
worthy of the gospel of Christ? Are we as a family of believers serving worthy for the gospel of Christ? If you need to respond to the gospel of Christ, I ask you to do so as we stand and sing the invitation song.